Welcome to the Improvement Imminent Podcast. I'm Philip Weigel, here with my brother, John Michael. Together, we set out to create a better program that can bridge the gap between gyms and help more athletes improve their fitness. Each week, we ask ourselves, what can we do better? And we challenge each of you to do the same. Our mission is to share our knowledge from our nearly two decades of experience as CrossFit athletes and coaches to help you approach each day's training with more purpose. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Jamichael and I are going to lay out the latter half of this week. Uh, We're trying to change up a little bit how we portray this information. So we're probably going to reference back more to the beginning of the week and how we kind of wanted the whole week to flow. Uh, but you might be want to get us started with the training that we're going to go into on Thursday. Yeah, starting on Thursday, we are going to do a skill strength piece. So we are going to use a set of kettlebells, and you're going to perform six sets on a two-minute clock of three strict press in the bottom of a lunge. Um, what that's going to look like is we're going to lower to the bottom of a lunge. We're going to pick our knee just slightly off the ground, so we're staying active in that lunge. And then you guys are going to begin the three strict press. Um, if you guys remember doing the lunges where we had our front legs stacked up on a plate, this is a very similar position in the bottom. You guys are keeping that chest completely vertical. You guys need to make sure the abs and the glutes are engaged because we have to have a good front rack with those kettlebells in order to begin our strict press. And for all you guys that know the kettlebell front rack, it is not comfortable. It requires quite a bit of activation and it requires a lot of thought to keep that chest vertical. Yeah, when we're looking at this movement, um, one, we're doing it because we are now, once again, doing strict pressing or really all sorts of overhead pressing and, uh, and front squatting for our, for our current cycle that we're going to play around with for the next two months. Mm-hmm. So this is front rack time. It's work on stabilizing your spine. It's also uh, pressing time. It's work on getting weight overhead. And it challenges position in some unique ways. So it's a great opportunity for you to to look at what's working, what's not, and see where things are tight and where they aren't. Um, that the position that we're putting ourselves in with this uh, difficult move, it's not going to facilitate us lifting giant kettlebells, is it? No, no, no. We're really looking for lighter kettlebells and better control. So this that's why we're calling it kind of skill and strength work, um, being that it's it's skill. We're trying to develop skill and position and awareness and maybe build a little bit of strength with it, but we're really trying to retune the body so that we understand better where we are and where we need to be. Yep. That's going to be um, a decent chunk of pressing work, but that shouldn't exhaust you guys too much Uh, because following that, our workout is going to be six rounds for time. Uh, How it's going to break up is into two three-round chunks, though. The first three-round chunk is... 15 deadlifts, and 15 bar-facing burpees. You guys have a seven-minute cap on those three rounds of work. So for the deadlifts, it's written at 185, 125. It's meant to be a little lighter weight. We want to see cycling. This is a workout, or this is a chunk of workout that can definitely be done um, in in four to six-ish minutes. If you guys are pushing pretty hard, hold on to those deadlifts. If you drop once, take a quick break. Adjust the grip, pick it right back up, and then burpees is just pedal to the metal to get through. Um, that can get done decently quick. 
Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't sprint the first round of burpees. I would I would start with a, a pace that you know you can stay consistent on, and then I would maybe try to speed up on the next two rounds. But the way we wrote this, we definitely intend for everyone to be able to make it through mm-hmm. in in the seven minute window. Yes. Uh, so set yourself up accordingly. The deadlifts they really should be quite quick. This is more about how's your burpee pacing. Um, and, and if you are, if you're definitely a slower burpee person, make sure that deadlift is something that you're just going to be able to slam through all 15, breathe twice, and then hit the ground, all right? We got to be, we got to be pushing the intensity a little bit on this one, but we should be able to finish in under that seven minute cap. Um, then there's another seven minute cap, uh, or rather, I'm sorry, another three rounds. Once you finish those, did you already talk about those second three, Joe Michael? Not yet. So the second three uh, rounds are going to be three rope climbs followed by 15 shoulder to overhead. And we're going to be using 115 pounds as a prescribed weight for the males and 80 pounds prescribed on the female end. Um, This also has a seven-minute cap. So you're going to be starting it at seven minutes on the clock, and it's going to be finished at or by 14 minutes on the clock. Uh, Three rope climbs, 15 shoulder to overhead. Rope climbs, they chew up some time. Definitely not, not the fastest turnaround movement. Um, at Cadre, you know you guys get to use your legs, so really focus on pulling your knees up towards your chest, using your lats to raise the lower end of your body, and then engaging those feet properly. At CLE, you might be doing that, uh, or we might be using our legless rope climb uh, because we've got those shorter ceilings. So whatever you're doing, make sure you're being safe coming down that rope. Don't come down wild and recklessly. Um, control it so that you can you can protect your ankles and get a good workout, but not but not get hurt. Let's not do anything silly. This is this is training. This is this is working towards being more fit. Yep. Um, it's just going to be two seven minute chunks, uh, and you do get the rest in between the two. Um, so well, you, maybe you have to earn it. Yeah, yeah. So if if you finish. Before seven minutes, you do get the rest. So and at the same time, you're also going to have to change the weight on your mm-hmm. bar. You yep. have to make a quick weight change um, and then be ready to go. But, yeah, hopefully hopefully you're getting done more in that five, six-minute range and you get a little bit of time to catch your breath before we start up again. Yep, so it's absolutely beneficial for you guys to scale the weight properly. Scale the weight properly so that you guys are getting done in time to at least change weight. So with the 15 shoulder to overhead, do you think people should be able to do it unbroken? Um, I would say... I don't think it needs to be unbroken. I don't think it needs to be done unbroken. I'd say people probably would have the ability to, but I think uh, a better strategy might actually be an 8-7 or a 9-6. I think that works really well. I think no more than three sets. Mm-hmm. You should be able to pick it up and do a solid five. That that should be that should be without question, and you should do that continuously, and I think you'll stay on track to finish the workout if that's the case. Yep. Um, Following that workout, we're going to have a little bit of cool down for you guys. Make sure that you guys use that time to foam roll. There's quite a bit of pooling this day. Um, so make sure that you guys are foam rolling and make sure that you guys are targeting the hamstring, glutes, and low back because coming after that is going to be a day with all lifting. Uh, we have uh, We've seen this one before. It's it's a good test to see where you guys are at capacity-wise with muscle stamina. Um, it's a pretty nasty one. It is 30 rounds every 30 seconds, one snatch. Yeah, it's it's an opportunity to just move a barbell and not move it so crazily that you can't focus on moving it well, but just move it one time and really think about how well you moved it that one time and then adjust and move it better on the next repetition, the next time. 
Um, these 30 rounders uh, or 20 minute workouts or anything like this that we that we program and use, they're they're really good opportunities to to not just move weight and not worry about exactly how much weight you're moving, uh, but but more so moving more so thinking about how well you're moving the weight that you move. Um, it should be heavy, but it should be moved precisely. This is 30 repetitions. Uh, 30 repetitions to do really well or to ingrain bad habits. So please think about working with your coaches, uh, fixing the little things because they make big differences in the long run and they make big differences when you try to go for even heavier weights in the future. Yeah, um, for this one, you guys are going to use, um, we wrote it at 60 to 70%. We want you to try to use something there, but always go lighter if technique is failing. So always feel free to go lighter if technique's failing because we are catching this in a full squat. Um, so it's going to be a little more difficult. You have to run through the full range of motion. It means you're going to have to be real precise with your lift. If we're off by a little bit, um, there's a lot of potential that we miss that snatch in a full squat. But it's a really good one. Following it, we're going to do a little post squat, and it's going to be a 1K Tabata row. With a 1K Tabata row, uh, it's really about getting a bunch of powerful starts. Because every time that 20-second window shows up, your flywheel has kind of cooled down a good little bit. So you want to get a very aggressive first two pulls to get that flywheel back up to speed so that then you can keep a consistent pace for the rest of the 20 seconds. So I would say when I do a Tabata 2K row, which, which I have done several times, or I'm sorry, in this case it's a 1K row, but I've, mm -hmm. I've Tabataed a lot of distances on the rower. Um, when you do them, you want to think about hammering two or three really hard fast strokes and then getting right into a rhythm at a calorie per average hour or per hour average rather that you think you can maintain for those the rest of that like 15 seconds that's left in your burst all right this is all about a burst and then a little rest window so calculating how much you can control for that burst and if you can put it out enough times to cover to cover the distance yeah in the rowing cert i'm sure you learned this also they taught us that to begin, you just do the first portion of the row. So just do a hard leg drive and keep the arms for the most part straight. Think about putting the first stroke all into the heels, the hamstrings, the posterior to drive out once really hard. On the second one, drive out and do a full stroke. And then on the third one, you're pretty much up to speed. Mm -hmm. um, that's the best way to get the quickest start rather than doing the old lean back and pull as hard as you can for the first one. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I've seen some interesting start mm -hmm. techniques. One of which uh, is the I'm gonna pump it three times with my arms really fast. Have you seen that one? I have seen that one. I don't understand that one because you're taking your smallest muscle group and you're trying to do the most difficult amount of work right up front with it. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like they told us in the rowing cert, uh, drive the first stroke is basically a legs only stroke. It's a fast kick out and then a quick return in where you have a proper catch and then you can do a majority of a stroke and then your third stroke will be normal and it'll be on pace. Yep, but absolutely. When you're thinking about getting power from a dead stop, always drive through those hamstrings to get that really strong pull out of the catch. Um, that's going to be it for Friday, so moving on to Saturday. We are going to begin with a partner wad. Um, it is going to be a burden run in and a burden run cash out with some work in between. So how it starts is 400 meter burden run. What we want by this is we want you guys to pick a load that you're going to carry the whole time. We suggest something between 50 for guys and 35 pounds for gals. 
But you guys get to choose what you are going to carry. Phil and I discussed a couple different things, like a dumbbell, a heavy slam ball, um, an empty barbell. I know Phil has some sandbags up at CLE. There's really, there's really a lot of options, but you're just going to pick something that is close to the load that you should be using, um, that you can run with the whole time, I'd say. Try to hold on to it the whole time. Um, and you and your partner both have to take something. Yeah, it's not one person carries load and you can switch when you want. You're both running with your own object. Um, you, could, you could switch objects halfway if you want, I guess. But uh, you both have to carry an object through the entire run. Once you get inside, you're going to start four rounds of 15 power cleans and 15 front squats. And then finally, five bar muscle-ups. Now, that by the five bar muscle-ups, we're going to scale to uh, 10 strict pull-ups if we need to scale that. So that could be a super difficult ring row if you're not doing a strict pull-up yet, or you could use bands to aid those strict pull-ups. Um, four rounds of 15, 15, and 5, that's not that many reps. And that stuff in the middle, you are allowed to split that with your partner however you wish. Uh, so that could look like that could look like uh, me doing all 15 power cleans, and then John Michael takes over and does the 15 squats. And then it's back to me for bar muscle-ups on round one, and then we switch sides of the equation. Um, really, you can cut it however you want through the middle, but then once you finish those four rounds, then you have to finish how you started with that burden run again. So you and your partner are both headed outside with your object, and off you go for 400 meters. Yeah, this one's really designed as like a slow trudge in, a slow trudge out, um, and the middle is pretty attacky. So you guys have the option in the middle to trade off however you'd like, which allows for you guys to move pretty hard and fast. Um, you can break up the reps into really manageable chunks to do unbroken, and you guys can attack that middle pretty hard, and then you get to finish with that slowish, trudgy um, burden run at the end. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I like burden runs. I'm, I'm biased. I run around with a weight vest all the time and, and, and weighted packs. Uh, but I think they're a great way to, to slow down a pace but cause, cause a lot of fatigue and really challenge your ability to keep your legs moving. Even though they're not moving that fast or that far, it's just, it's just hard work. It's, it's some grunt work. And I think it's very functional, especially when we throw an unspecified object at you and you get to pick because in the real world things don't come on nice pretty barbells where you get to pick them out of a squat rack right you have to pick up random objects and carry them places right? a duffel bag or a suitcase feels a lot different than a barbell yep so i think it i think it bears a lot of resemblance to the real world which is what we're really training for to try to make people better safer more functional humans each and every day Yep, that, uh, that wraps up part B of our weekly walkthrough. Um, catch us back on Sunday. Early in the morning, we'll post um, part A of next week. So uh, we'll see you guys in the gyms. All right, guys. See you there.